Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 23 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking with Melissa Whaley of melissawhaley.com, and we are chatting all about being financially savvy in your business. Melissa shares a lot of great information, such as getting started with the right accounting system, including some free ones that she suggests. She also talks about how you can stay up to date with your finances and what you should be doing yourself versus what you should look into outsourcing pretty early on in your business. We talk about a couple of the mistakes she sees business owners making in their finances and how you can fix them, as well as why being financially savvy is a benefit to our clients and customers as well as our own business. Melissa Whaley is a licensed tax pro, financial strategist, and California mama of three. Melissa works virtually with creative business owners who light up over their work and freak out over their numbers. Her favorite things are sipping a good latte and exploring outdoors with her family. There's a lot of great information in this episode, and I hope that you enjoy it and learn a little bit more about how you can keep your finances and your books under control so that you know what's going on in your business and can continue to grow. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Samantha. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to talk about this, Um, and I read your bio at the top of the show, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Well, I am here in hot, hot Southern California. I live inland, so it's nowhere near the beach, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But I work from home. I am a virtual tax preparer and financial strategist, and I just really love working with creatives to help them get their money stuff in order. We create systems, we make plans, we get rid of all that scary fear of the IRS, and we just make money your friend in your business and life. Perfect. So how did you get started working with creative entrepreneurs and finances? Well, I started in taxes um, back in 2009. I actually just kind of found a job that was hiring because obviously in 2009, like just getting a job was a good thing. So (laughs) I got a job at a tax office. They trained me and put me to work. And about three, after my third year working there, it just was not a good fit anymore and so I decided to go out on my own and I kind of had no idea what a niche was or how to find a niche and I just started working with whoever would come my way Um, and then I discovered podcasts which are awesome for business owners and learned about kind of the online business space and connected with some amazing designers and just fell in love with working with creatives well kind you know designers and coaches and all these people that I just love what they do and they were so fun to work with and they um, oftentimes were really unorganized and stressed out about the money stuff. And so it was great for me to come in and get to know them and then help them just calm their fears and their stress about all the money side of that stuff. 
Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I think as a creative, generally, we're not familiar with handling money. And when you're on doing your own business, you have to do that stuff. And it can be kind of scary to know if you're doing it the right way, if the IRS is going to come after you. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And I mean, it really applies to all small business owners, but I know like as creatives, like I'm kind of this weird amalgamation of creative because I love pretty things and I have very much have ADD. And so I'm like pretty, pretty squirrel, <laughs> but I also like get the numbers and it makes sense to me. So I can help people. Like I love to break things down and get those aha moments with people where they're like oh okay now I understand it it's not so scary because really with all of us in any part of our lives and businesses we're really scared of what we don't understand and so when you're a creative like you're really good at creating things and design and understanding you know your specific industry but then this number stuff is like a foreign language alien planet with these IRS people that you're just like afraid are going to come invade and ruin your business. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was lucky enough that my first job started out in accounts payable and then <laughs> turned into design, um, which is what I actually like wanted to do. So I, <laughs> when I started my business, I don't know that they're the perfect practices, but at yeah. least I had a handle on making sure that things were paid and organized and kept right. in the right place. Yes, you had you would you would use some of the tools and seen the processes, so it wasn't quite so overwhelming. To yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, and that's kind of exactly. I grew up in um, a family of business owners, so my parents actually owned three separate businesses growing up, and so I would watch my mom and even help her sometimes, like pay the bills and enter things into QuickBooks desktop, like the old you know old school way. And so it was part of what I knew growing up and I, so it didn't scare me as much because, you know, she always was very organized and, you know, had her tax person that she went to and, you know, talked to us. So I saw that relationship. I understood how things worked. So when I ended up falling into this field, it just kind of was natural. Like this is how things should go. And this is, you know, what your relationship with your tax person should look like. And it almost shocked me when people come to me are like, Oh, my CPA is just so mean to me. And they make me feel stupid. And I'm like, Why? That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for all of the small business owners out there, how can we choose the right accounting system for our business and just get started on the right foot? Um, whether we're just starting or if we're sort of having to start the accounting part from scratch. So I, I mean, the biggest thing is you just got to dive in and be willing to do it because our natural inclination is to want to just shove that part under the rug. Um, so there's some great tools that are all online based. So uh, you can do it from your phone, do it from your computer. Um, one of my favorites is wave accounting and I love it because it's free. So the program itself to use is completely free. So there's no barrier to getting started with an accounting program, even when you're 
just getting your business started. And it's okay if you haven't necessarily been keeping as organized for a bit, but you need to go back and kind of clean it up. So that that's one of my favorites. One of the key things when you're looking for an accounting program or a program that's going to help you organize your business, because there's some tools that, you know, kind of do a lot of different things, is making sure that it can connect to your bank account and you want to set up your separate business bank account. So that's going to save you a ton of time because nobody wants to sit there and like hand add up all their income and expenses. It's just not fun. So connecting to your bank account is a really uh, key thing and being able to actually check what's in your accounting program against your bank statement. So we use a fancy term called reconciling, but really it's just making sure what's in the bookkeeping matches your bank and your PayPal and your Stripe and, you know, all those sort of things. So um, some programs have official reconciling or verifying and some programs just kind of are this rolling ticker tape of all your transactions, but then you're going to have to figure out a way to check it against your bank statement. Um, so those are some really key ones. And then if you are invoicing clients, like, a lot of us who are service-based, you know, we're sending invoices out to our clients, then you want to make sure that you're using a program that can email the invoices and even better if you can connect payments directly to that invoice. So is it with Wave, even with something like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or 17 Hats, all of these programs allow you to connect like a PayPal or a Stripe, or they have a built-in payment gateway that you can literally set up your invoice, email it to your client. They can open up the invoice in their email, click a button and type in their information to pay. And I think that's so key when you're trying to run your business that people can open an invoice and pay it right there. They don't have to think about it. They don't have to worry about dropping something in the mail, which is so crazy or, um, you know, you send them the invoice and email and then you tell them, okay, now log into your PayPal and then send the money. And, you know, so making it as streamlined and little work as possible for your client is definitely the best way to go. Yeah. I use wave. You introduced me to yeah. it actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love it because I, I love going through and actually kick, clicking that check mark that says like, this is correct yeah. on my bank account. Yeah. And yeah the way it just keeps you really organized, which is so helpful for the end of the quarter and the end of the year. There's so much less to do if you're doing it along the way. Right. Exactly. Like I love the analogy of a lot of people will say either, you know, put an appointment on your calendar. If you're like a very calendar driven person or like set a date with yourself and it's your either Monday morning or your Friday morning date with your books and your money and you sit down and you're like, I'm just going to do this because the more often that we're in there and just checking things off and doing little bits at a time, the less overwhelming it becomes. You know, you kind of like put it off, put it off, put it off. And then a lot of times people will end up at the end of the year. They haven't done any of their bookkeeping. And I know because I've done this before, like I'm guilty <laughs> of this in the past. So it's like I get to the end of the year and I go, oh shoot, I need to do my taxes and I have like months and months of bookkeeping that I have not done. And then it just becomes such a headache because you know, it's so time consuming and you're frustrated. And so try to stay as on top of it, you know, weekly or at least monthly 
And then you also know when you're, you know, like you, you're going in, you're, you're checking things off and it just becomes kind of part of your routine. And then you can pull up your report at the end of the month and go like, oh, hey, look, I know exactly how much money I made, how much I spent. And this is my profit. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah. So other than just checking in pretty frequently, are there other ways that business owners should stay up to date with their finances, maybe things that they should know or be checking on frequently? I, like I said, one of the big key things is actually making sure that what your bookkeeping says in you know whatever program you're using, even if you're doing it on a spreadsheet, that everything is matching to your bank account, your PayPal account. Um, because there's little things that kind of can slip through the cracks. And sometimes we need to adjust something or add something in. Like if we were at the store buying office supplies and we accidentally used our personal card instead of our business card, and then we just kind of forget about it and it never goes into, say, Wave because it wasn't on our business bank account, we lose out on those little deductions. So making sure, like, if you're buying those kind of things, like, taking a picture and emailing it to yourself, even as a reminder of like, Hey, I bought this thing at target or Staples or, you know, wherever I was and there's business stuff on it. And I don't want to lose that expense. So those little tricks, um, and a lot of programs will allow you to mobily upload your receipts. So when you are out and about and you do buy something at a store, not just on Amazon, then you can, you know, snap that receipt and have the record of that. Um, and the other thing that is helpful, you know, is quarterly, we want to know how much profit we've made so that if we need to pay taxes ahead of time, that we do that instead of getting to the end of the year and owing a bunch on our tax return, which, well, you know, some people, even though they set the money aside and they have everything in savings for when they file their taxes, they don't realize that they would actually spend less money on taxes if they paid it every quarter instead of at the end of the year, because the IRS wants you to pay quarterly and they will put penalties on your tax return if you haven't paid quarterly and you owe them a bunch of money. Right. So would you recommend that a business owner start with doing their own finances or can we sort of outsource that as soon as we feel like financially we can do that? I think it's important, you know, when we're just getting started to be more involved and even as your business grows and you start to want to, you know, you outsourcing things and eventually you outsource your bookkeeping, you still want to keep your eyes on things. You don't have to do so much of the work. If you hire a bookkeeper, you know, they're going to be checking and verifying, but um, you can't just hand that core piece of your business off and then think that it's going to run fine without your involvement. So, you know, whether you do meetings with your bookkeeper or whether you are just like checking in on your reports and things yourself. Like you never want to just hand that off completely. You're always going to have some involvement in the number side, especially because it's going to affect your taxes too. So you want to know like, Hey, what's going on? Um, I think that bookkeeping is something that can go either way. You can choose to outsource that earlier than maybe some other things, or you can kind of 
hold off until later and bigger growth to outsource that piece. That's really depends on what your goals are. And like, if you absolutely hate doing your bookkeeping and you find yourself just not doing it over and over and over again, and you're like, you know, I think I would just be better off paying someone else to do this because then at least it would get done. Right. <laughs> that might be a better step. I think more importantly, once you started a business, outsourcing your tax, like getting a tax person. So having an actual tax professional do your taxes is going to be more important than having necessarily a bookkeeper that does your books weekly or monthly or you know quarterly, anything like that. Because the, the taxes is where stuff gets really muddy and weird. And if you're just trying to figure it out in TurboTax, it's going to eventually <laughs> like mess up something up. And it's not because you're stupid or, you know, it's because TurboTax is still just a robot and it only asks certain questions. And if you don't know how to answer that question, then it's not a benefit to you. And it, and it can't read your mind. Like it can't catch the nuances in conversation. And so like I've had clients where, you know, they've been doing their own taxes for many years and they started because it was simple. They just had W2 jobs and when you just have W2 jobs and not a whole lot going on, then it's totally fine to do your own taxes. But once you jump that chasm of like, I have a business now and like we own a house and we do all this different stuff, um, you know, they started to get more and more confused and they'd come to me and I would review previous year's taxes. And in conversation, I would remember that they said, oh yeah, I put my kids in daycare or, oh, we bought this new car or this. And I look at their tax returns and go, well, you forgot to deduct this and you forgot to deduct this and you missed this. And they were like, we didn't even know. And TurboTax didn't tell us. <laughs> I'm like, well, no, because it's, it's a robot, not a human. So, <laughs> so I think, yeah, out, outsourcing your taxes first is going to be most important and then outsourcing bookkeeping um, next, you know, when that becomes a priority for you. Yeah. It's just like, doesn't make sense for you to do it yourself anymore or you're just not doing it. <laughs> right. I'm glad to know that I started out, I found a tax professional pretty early because yeah. we knew we wanted to do that stuff the right way. And I'm yeah. still doing my bookkeeping because I like going through and seeing my numbers every week. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I'm that same like weird. I'm I'm the type I'm creative, but I'm also really analytical. So it works <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it makes sense for you. And you know, you don't have like massively complicated things going on in your bookkeeping either. So it's just yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> So what kind of mistakes do you see business owners making in their finances, in their bookkeeping, and what can we do to prevent that from happening? Yeah, so the biggest mistake I see most people making is um, not separating their business and personal soon enough. I mean, let's be real. We're all kind of, when we get our first client, we rarely have our business bank account set up. So those first couple clients are probably going into our personal bank account. But you want to open up a separate bank account for your business as soon as possible. And also 
um, set up a separate PayPal account because that's the other thing that is so frustrating, you know, when you're trying to sort through stuff and you have your business and your personal stuff going through one PayPal account. <laughs> oh, that's so frustrating. So yeah, setting up those separate accounts is going to be really uh, key to helping you be more organized and just make it easier for you to go through stuff. And then another one that I, I have been encountering a lot more recently is um, with taxes, people who just got started, you know, they've been in business for like, it's their first, second, third year maybe in business. And they started out really small. They weren't even sure like whether this was gonna be a long-term thing. And they just didn't claim anything on their taxes. They just left it off the taxes because in their minds it was, well, you know, I had a few clients, but I spent way more money than I made. So I just didn't even put it on my taxes because I didn't make any profit. And that's a big no-no because the IRS is more likely to find out that you made the income, but they have no idea about the expenses until you file your tax return and tell them, I lost money on my business. I didn't make money. And, and then the other reason that people don't put their business on their taxes when it has a loss is they're afraid that that's going to be some sort of audit flag and that, you know, them having a loss on their business is automatically going to bring the IRS banging on their door, which is not true. Uh, and a lot of times if, you know, you, you have a business that has lost some money in the first year or two, that's going to actually offset other income you may have and have you pay less taxes because of that loss. So it's one of those things that the people are just afraid again of the IRS or they don't understand how the taxes work. And so they just kind of like pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's not weird or it's not abnormal for businesses to have a loss in their first couple of years. No, it's totally normal. And what the IRS states is that they expect businesses to have losses in the beginning. And what you want is you want to have a profit at least two out of the first five years of your business. So if you're still not profitable after five years, then they're going to take a deeper look and go, is this really a business or is this a hobby? Um, because, you know, if you're running a business, the goal is to make a profit. So if that's not happening, then you're either like spending way too much money or you're really just trying to make a hobby into a business when it's not. So, yeah, you're totally OK to have a loss, especially in your first year, because a lot of times, you know, we may not decide to start our business until halfway or three quarters through the year. And we have to invest a lot of money up front or, you know putting, building our websites, we're, you know, getting images and we're investing in tools that are allow us to run our business or the courses or trainings to help us understand how to better run our businesses. But we haven't hired, like a client hasn't hired us yet. Or we haven't, you know, we don't have a lot of people paying us, but we're investing our money into starting this business. Um, so that's normal, like very normal the first year that you're spending more than you made because you're trying to get things off the ground. <laughs> yeah. And all of those things that you mentioned, the courses and, you know, even things that aren't necessarily supplies for our businesses, those are all, you know, deductions. Those all count towards our expenses. Exactly. 
Exactly. There's all those little things that now that you're using them for business, they become business deductions and business assets or, you know, like property of the business, like your computer and maybe even your phone and, you know, portions of your internet and all those little things and electricity because like we know that our computers use a lot of electricity. (laughs) (laughs) So all those little things that add up and now become a part of your business expenses. Yeah. So if you, whether you're doing your own bookkeeping or you're working with a bookkeeper, what are the sorts of things that you need to keep track of and have on hand to give to a tax professional at the end of the year? So the biggest thing is obviously tracking your business income and your business expenses. Um, And so, well, it's both simple and complicated at the same time, because depending on how many things you're buying and how much, you know, money you're bringing in, it it scales as to the complexity, but you want to make sure you're tracking all the income And um, particularly because a lot of us, you know, creatives and online business owners are using something like Stripe, PayPal, or Square maybe to process our payments, Um, you want to make sure that in the income side, you're actually claiming how much you invoiced that client or what was the, the actual like price of what you did. So whether it's a product or a service, you want to record the income as like, I invoiced my client $100. PayPal took out $5 as their fee. So we want to record $100 and $5 is an expense. A lot of people, um, the mistake that they'll make, not, you know, just because they don't know is they'll only record how much money was deposited into their bank account, especially if you're using something like Stripe, where you just, you know, you invoice your clients, they pay through Stripe and then Stripe deposits some money in your bank account. Same kind of thing with Etsy. You know, if you're selling on Etsy, you, you know, people buy the money goes to Etsy first and then Etsy deposits um, an amount in your bank account, but it's after they take out their fees. So you don't want to miss out. Those fees are an expense and the full sales price is your, your income. So that's a key one to make sure you're recording your income, right? And then your expenses are all of the things that are, you know, the costs of running your business. And sometimes we don't always want like we we're afraid to claim certain things but you you definitely have a right to claim things if it is poor running your business um and it you know it depends on the industry you're in but that's that's key so when you combine those things into one report it's called a profit and loss or an income statement so that's going to be the core report because that tells you how much money you're making that tells you how much money you're spending and what your profit is so that's a core one for running your business and for getting to your tax prepare. The other thing you want to be paying attention to and keeping track of is the bigger ticket items that you're purchasing. And so in accounting world, we call them assets. So it's things that you have that have value longer than a year. So your laptop, your camera, your microphone, your printer, you know, depending on, on what kind of things you need for your business, you know, like, even me, I'm an accountant, but I have a nice webcam and I have a professional microphone so that I can do video trainings and I have a second monitor and I have printers and you know all those things. Um, you keep a, a list of those and what day you purchase them and what your purchase price was. And that includes like shipping. So if you ordered on Amazon, it's the full cost of buying it and shipping it to you. 
And then when you sit down and talk with your tax person, that's when you'll decide whether you're going to deduct the whole cost of that item in whatever year you bought it, or whether you want to do what's called depreciation. And what depreciation is, is just breaking up the cost of an item over a couple of years so that it benefits you for the, all the years that you're actually using that item. So like, no, we don't buy a laptop every single year, or at least I hope not. You're not buying a laptop every <laughs> single year. So, you know, like a laptop usually lasts, I mean, Macs probably last longer than PCs. I'm not biased at all, but, <laughs> but you know, when you're buying a laptop, it's like three to five years. You can usually stretch a laptop. Um, and so like, you may spend, you may drop two or three grand on a computer in one year, but you're going to be using that for five years probably. And so you look at what's going to be the most beneficial to you because if you're investing in a lot of equipment when you're first getting started, um, but then you're not going to have those deductions in other years, you may want to choose the depreciation route. And this is this, like, especially photographers, this is a big one because, you know, photographers, when they're first getting started are investing in tons of equipment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so it's like their first year, they may not have actually made a lot of money and then they bought all this equipment. So it looks like they have like, you know, negative profit. And then the next, you know, couple of years, they get all these great clients and they make a ton of money, but they have like no deductions because <laughs> they bought all the equipment ahead of time. So depreciation it is beneficial and that allows you to take those deductions over time and even it out so that you're, you're, you know, not having these weird like roller coaster, like low year, high year, low year, high year. Right. <laughs> so that's, uh, and yeah. So keeping track of like listing of, of what those things are when you bought them. Um, and also, you know, there may be items that you use partially for business and partially for personal and you can percent, you can actually create a percentage based on your use and, um, you know, split those. So things like, uh, depending on, you know, your phone, especially like, unless you actually have a whole separate cell phone that's just for business or a house phone or whatever, like you probably are going to percentage that out, but you can still deduct part of your cell phone, like actual cost of buying the cell phone and the cost of paying your cell phone bill because you're using that partly for business and partly for personal. Um, and same thing for like, if you have a, a business that requires driving, so then like photographers that are having to drive to say weddings or to families to do family shoots, they can deduct parts of their miles and things like that. Um, so that's another thing. If you do do driving in your business and you have to travel to client to meet clients or anything like that, you can keep a track of your miles and the mileage deduction is most you it's between 50 and 60 cents every year it changes every year some years it's really high some years it's low um the irs determines it kind of based on gas prices and things like that you know it's kind of one of those weird mysteries of how they do it but <laughs> but yeah so <laughs> but it's always between 50 and 60 cents right now and so that can really add up um and there's some great apps like mile iq that can automatically track all of your driving for you and create a printout that you just give to your tax person, which is fantastic. I love things, tools like that. So those type of um, things. So the, the profit and loss, you know, how much income, how much expenses and like break it down to categories. And then the list of your equipment that you bought 
and then your miles are going to be some of the most important things that you want to have together for tax time. Hopefully you can keep add it up and create these things throughout the year so that you're not so stressed out tax time, but then bring those to your tax person and they will be very happy with you. <laughs> right. And I, I think a lot of it is just keeping track of things, yeah. you know, as you go. And then yeah. the more organized you can be at tax time, the easier it is, the less it will cost you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's true. If you show up to a tax person and you don't have things organized, they will either send you packing or charge you a lot more hourly to clean up and basically recreate your bookkeeping, you know, like that because we bank on the fact that it's our busy season. And so we can increase our rates for bookkeeping to, because you didn't do your job throughout the year. And if you would have <laughs> just had someone help you throughout the year, then it would have cost you as much, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, there you go. See, everybody needs to just keep up with it and save money. It's true. Save money, do the work, you know, and, <laughs> and it's okay. Like to seek out, encourage, even if you're doing your own books, like to know that everyone else is doing, having to do it too. And they're frustrated and they're stressed out. And so like cheering each other on, <laughs> you know, is helpful and if you are really struggling and need help reaching out to someone you know maybe you don't need to hire a bookkeeper but maybe you're frustrated and you cannot figure this one thing out in wave or quickbooks or whatever and so reaching out to someone who knows those programs and just booking an hour or two hours of their time to fix that one thing will help you get back on track and be encouraged that like oh I'm not doing as horrible as I think I am <laughs> But yeah, there, there are, there is that middle road. There are a lot of bookkeepers and accountants that will just, you know, do one-off training and consulting sessions. Yeah. And those are really helpful because some of these programs, like it just takes a little bit to learn them, yeah. but once you know how to do it, it's, it's not that hard. Exactly. Exactly. He's just getting over that hump, the learning curve. Right. I mean, you know, it's like the first time we all try to learn do something in Photoshop and we're just like, huh? Like <laughs> eyes glazed over, like, what does this filter mean? And I don't, I'm not even good at Photoshop, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I can do things sort of kind of because I've had help. <laughs> yeah. So how can being financially savvy and keeping our books up to date benefit our clients? Um, you know, one of the big things for, well, it's going to benefit you personally because in the long run, you're going to save money, but how it can benefit your business and actually help your clients is that you're going to be more organized and you're going to know um, a lot of, one of the big things is knowing how much money and time it takes you to complete projects. So especially if you're working one-on-one -on -one with clients and you're pricing you know, we owe most of the time we tend to underprice when we're getting started, right? Because we're just so excited and hungry to get those clients. Um, but keeping on track of your finances and seeing how, okay, I've got like six clients and they're all paying me this much and it's costing me this much to do their projects just to maybe like file like software and and then, you know, you're buying images or you're buying fonts or you're, you know, paying for film processing or whatever 
tools, buying plugins or things, um, if you start to see how much you're spending on these projects and then, you know, separately from bookkeeping, but kind of just keeping uh, notes of your time investment, you're going to see how your pricing is not where it should be or it's right on track and you're feeling really good because you're like, I have these clients. I don't feel overwhelmed. I'm making this much money. Like this is awesome. Like I feel, I love my business because that's our goal, right? It's to love our businesses. <laughs> we don't want to be in businesses we don't like. That's why we left whatever job we were doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's going to be a really big one is like to help with your pricing, staying on top of your income and expenses. And that's going to guide you in your business. And it's also going to help, you know, when it's time to maybe make a shift in your business. Like I've been offering this service and it was fine and it was doing great when you know I was just trying to hustle and get clients, but now I have these bigger clients that want more of me. And so I may, I just, and these other services aren't making me a lot of money. So I'm just gonna cut those services off the menu now. And I'm only going to cater to these bigger ticket clients and, you know, I have enough of them to, to keep me supported. So that's a, another, it really helps you in your decision making. And it's even going to help you in your decision making of like where you're investing your business. You know, like, do I need to join this paid mastermind? Do I need to buy this course or hire this coach or go to this conference? If you know how much money you're bringing in and how much you're spending and where your profits are, you can make that decision without freaking out of, oh no, am I going to have, you know, like, oh my gosh, I bought the ticket for this conference. Am I going to be able to afford this flight now? Or can I afford the gas to drive there? Or I can't actually afford a decent hotel. So I'm going to be staying in this like scary one, <laughs> you know, those little things where it's like important decision making um, that is going to really be helpful if you actually know how much money you're making in your business instead of just kind of impulse buying. <laughs> right. And when you know your numbers like that, then you're more confident talking to your clients. You're, you're not feeling like their projects are on the back burner just because you're tr desperately trying to make money. Right. Exactly. You're not overextending yourself. Like, and, and we even like talking to potential clients, you know, I, I remember, like my first couple clients like oh, yeah well you know this is my hourly rate and but that's too much that you know you're very like unsure of yourself and as you understand your numbers more and really get to know them you're really confident when someone comes to you and they're like okay you know I need a complete website and I need web copy and I need branding and you can just go okay awesome this is exactly how much that costs and this is what you're gonna get for it and they're going to go, oh, wow, like she knows what she's like. She knows her stuff. Like she's really good at this. I want to hire her because she's confident when she's talking to me about her services. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're unsure, then, you know, that's going to leave kind of a, hmm, should I work with her? Should I not? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So is there anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't ask about or tips that you have that you wanted to share? I feel like we covered a lot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will just say like as a final note to people, like it, it's okay that it's overwhelming and you're not the only one overwhelmed. So just kind of like dive in, take the leap. I know a one like really cool tip I actually learned recently that wasn't, they weren't talking about business at all. They were talking about like having difficult conversations, but you set a timer and 
that's your zone. So even if you set a timer for 10 minutes and are like, okay, I'm going to sit down in front of my bookkeeping and I'm just going to do it for 10 minutes, then that'll help start break that cycle of fear and the cycle of ignoring and pushing it off. So just set that timer and say like, I'm going to do this for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it and the more just excited and empowered you're going to feel about your numbers versus running away and wanting to hide from them. Yeah. And I'm, I sit down every Friday and I do my bookkeeping and it's, you know, I have a couple of things I have to check off, but that's it because it's up to date. It's really simple. I know, you know, at a glance that everything looks correct without having to spend hours and hours figuring it out. Exactly. And if you need, you know, if, if things are really messy right now, you can reach out for help and get someone to help you just clean up the mess and get you on the right track to kind of like clean it up and then release you to go move forward. Now, you know, everything's cleaned up and you can just do those little tasks from then on. So even just hiring someone to help you clean up, but not necessarily hiring them for like as a full-time bookkeeper, that's an option too. Okay. So I'd love to know how serving your clients well has benefited your business. That is such a cool question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Serving my clients well. Uh, You know, taking the time to invest in the clients and not, one of the big things why I left my job at a tax office was that I did not feel like they valued the clients. I felt like they just wanted to churn through as many people as possible and make money, make money, make money, make money. And so my perception was that the customers that were coming in to work with me were not getting the value that warranted the price they were paying. And so I decided I was going to go on my own. And so now one of the key things for me is that I want to invest in my clients and make sure that they, especially with money, I want to make sure that they feel heard and that they feel valued. And so when it comes to them paying my invoices and things like it's never a um, buyer's remorse for hiring me. I don't want anyone to ever have buyer's remorse hiring me. <laughs> so, so taking the time to, you know, listen to my clients and give them that, that little extra bit, um, and communicating well with them, which is something I've had to learn over time. I was not great at that at the beginning, you know, <laughs> so just serving them well, taking the time to, to hear their concerns and address their issues and their kind of just worries about money in particular is um, what has helped me really grow. And, you know, a lot of my clients come to me just sheer referral and like people tagging me in Facebook groups and, you know, somebody saying like, Oh my gosh, I worked with Melissa. She's stinking amazing. Like, you know, these are their words, not mine. And, you know, people come to me. I'm like, how did you hear about me? Oh, I work with so-and-so and they told me, you know, to come to you. And, So that's a key thing is if you're treating your clients well and you're serving them well, they are going to send everybody your way and your business is going to grow just because you take care of people. So instead of, you know, having to have the most elaborate Facebook ad campaign, you can just take care of your customers and they're going to help you build your business. 
Yeah. And I know you said that like part of the reason you didn't like working at that tax office is they don't value their clients. I love that as small businesses, we get to figure out how to do that and place the importance we want to on it, which is a lot harder when you are at a corporation or at a bigger business where you're not working with someone from start to finish. Right. Exactly. And, you know, you're being told, you know, you have 30 minutes to meet with this client, like get this job done. And, or, you know, like we're meeting our, you know, this deadline and this deadline and, and being in your own business, like you're the ones that are determining deadlines. And even if something happens and you can't meet a deadline with a client, there's a lot more leeway to come to them because you're building this relationship and saying like, Hey, this is happening. We're not going to get this done by this date, but this is what I'm going to do to help, you know, move this along and the project's still going to get done. And, you know, those sort of things where you build those relationships with clients, you, uh, there's a lot more flexibility in your working relationship just for the fact that they feel like they can trust you and they feel like you actually have their interest in mind. Yeah. Good. All right. So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. <laughs> awesome. So two things that I am loving right now. Um, one is my air conditioner, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds so silly, but yeah, it, it, I, it's so hot. And uh, so I am spending way too much time inside right now in the summer. But I love air conditioning and I'm thankful for it and that I don't have to be outside in 100 degree weather. Um, the other thing that I am loving right now in my business um, is probably one that tons of people are saying, but I love Trello and I'm fine. Like, I feel like I'm so late to the game on this one, but I, I finally got my like business organized in Trello. And now it like makes sense to me and I'm like in there and I can actually like keep track of all those random weird, like I'm in my bedroom and I have my phone and I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea for a blog post. And I can just like put it down and know where to go to find it. So that's the other thing is that Trello is helping me actually keep all of my crazy ideas in one place. Good. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people really like Trello. So I think it's a good option for people to keep things organized, but still work with sort of the way that they think. Yes. Yeah. I tried a lot of different things and it, it seems to actually be working, but I will say I tried it in the past and I didn't get it. And then I had a friend who was like a online business manager, VA who worked with a lot in Trello show me some things that I didn't know existed. And like, show me processes. And I was like, Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> Cause in the past I was like, I don't even know what to do. There's a card. So there's lists and there's checklists and there's boards and what? So yeah. Having someone kind of show me their process was a big, big help. Okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? Uh, so one thing I'm really excited about in my business is I have, re-recorded my wave workshop training and so this is coming out it may already be out by the time this podcast comes out um and it is a completely free 
wave training to show people how to get started, get their first invoices out, get tracking their income and expenses. Um, and so this is going to be on my website. And so people can come and learn how to get started with a free tool. So there's no excuses of I don't have the money. <laughs> and so that's, that is really cool because wave has been releasing so many new things that I had to go and completely revamp and re-record this training. So that's gonna, that's coming out. And then um, this fall, there's some really cool stuff that I'm going to be doing that is kind of a hybrid of do-it-yourself bookkeeping and the support of a bookkeeper tax person. So that's going to be getting announced pretty soon as to what that all entails. Cool. But it's going to be really awesome for, yeah, for people who are just like, I'm not ready to hire a bookkeeper, but I have no idea how to fix this one thing, or I don't know what to do here. I just need someone to ask questions. Um, so this will allow them to have that and, and access to more training and just lots of cool stuff. Awesome. And I think everybody should check out the wave training, um, especially if they don't have a you know, a system down yet. It's a really cool system. And even if you've been using it, there's things that I'm always learning about that I did not know you could do. So yes, I know. it's like then they're releasing so many cool new things that you think you know everything. And even me as a wave professional, like I'll get the email, like we're releasing this new feature. I'm like, Oh wow, that's amazing. It's cool. They definitely have the small business in mind. Yeah. All right. So the last question is where can people find you online? Awesome. So my two favorite places to hang out are Facebook and Instagram. Um, so my Facebook page is facebook.com slash Melissa Whaley tax. And then on Instagram, you can follow me just at Melissa Whaley. And then my website, if you want to know more about what I do, and how to work with me and get that, find that wave training. Um, you can get that at just melissawhaley.com. All right, perfect. And I will include links to all of that in the show notes so people um, can find you really easily. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think this was a really good conversation and hopefully will help some people get started out on the right foot financially so that they can keep growing their businesses. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Samantha. It was really fun talking to you. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 